Welcome to College Street Victory Church. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. Wow, thank you. I lost my train of thought when you were saying so many nice things. <laughs> um, if you have gotten a chance to know us a little bit, you may have learned... Uh, Pastor Matt and I are a little bit different. <laughs> Lots of our hearts are the same, but some things are different. And you might have noticed that I might be a little bit more cautious, I'll maybe move a little slower sometimes. But believe it or not, it wasn't always that way. When we, um, when Pastor Matt and I first met, I had um, a very messy car and a very messy, not like a messy life, but a little bit chaotic. <laughs> um, I definitely lived by my heart. Um, and I still do that. I just have learned a little bit of wisdom along the way, I hope, and, and continue to do. But I just wanted to start with a story this morning. And uh, that's okay. But when I was a young adult, I moved probably like 18 times before I met Matt and we got married. Just, you know, between university semesters or house sitting or finding jobs. You know what it's like when you're on your own and you have nothing and trying to go to school and all that. But anyways, so I was living with the family at this time and going to university, but my passion was for the church then already. So I would spend all my time at the church and like not get my homework done, <laughs> but uh, you know, it all worked out. <laughs> but uh, um, So anyway, so I'm living with, with um, a friend's family and I have this little rundown Honda and living my best life. And you know, when you are a young adult, you don't always make the wisest decisions. Is that true? Am I speaking to anyone that's been a young adult? <laughs> but I always, you know, if some things haven't changed, if a friend were to call me up now and said, hey, it's an emergency, I need you, I would be there. If you're close to me and you have a fight to attend to, I will, I will back you up. Um, I may make sure that my cell phone's battery is charged or yours is. <laughs> Maybe. But here's my story. So I had a good friend, well, a couple of good friends but um, at the time, but she wasn't making some of the best decisions. So she was living with um, with her boyfriend and he was no good. He was bad news. You know, and we grew up in the church. Um, we helped out in Sunday school and we did all the all the good things and uh, but she's she's fine in her way but she was with this guy he was no good she calls me in the middle of the night one night and he wasn't being nice to her we'll just say that so she's like can you come and help like can you come and get me and I was like yes I'll do that so get in my little beater and start driving and uh you know did I check if it had gas in it? No. Did I even own a cell phone? I can't remember. <laughs> so off I go and, you know, living in Lethbridge at the time and she was in Fort McLeod and that's about 45 minutes, would you say? 45 minutes? Yeah, it's just middle of the night, like after midnight and, and it either broke down or ran out of gas and I don't remember. <laughs> either way, it was probably my fault. But, uh, so it stops and I pull over the side of the road, no way to call anybody, like... 
yeah. So anyways, I'm praying and, and, uh, eventually, you know, an unmarked white van pulls over in the middle of the night. <laughs> but you know what? I'm also pretty faith filled and know that I'm protected. So, you know, it turns out to be angels in disguise of paper delivery people. And they, you know, picked me up. They were young and positive and they dropped me off at my friend's house. And, uh, by the time I got there, things had settled down you know, whatever had kind of been happening. And, you know, in those moments, you don't always know what the best thing is to do, but I just stayed there. I slept on the couch and it was just kind of like, I'm here. And uh, in the morning I went back home again. We got it all sorted out. And I say all that to say, God just kind of kept dropping it in my, in my remembrance this week. And what I have found, you know, as a maturing person and also a believer is that God is always um, growing my mindset you know and and because we will put ourselves in a box we'll think we got something figured out and we'll make a box for it and we'll and we'll park there right and you know it wasn't the wisest thing to drive with no gas in the middle of the night to Fort McLeod no it was it was dumb <laughs> but at the same time I felt prompted to go and was I protected yes and was I needed yes and so I I fully believe that there are times when God says go and you just go knowing that that's the Holy Spirit talking and knowing that your angels are big <laughs> I don't know about you, but my angels do not sit on my dresser, and they are not breakable. They are very big and scary. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. So I know, even like when I walk up here today, you may or may not see them, but I know that I'm not alone when I stand up here. My point in all of this is not to be foolish, not to be, you know what I mean? But to know who you're obeying, know who you're listening to, and know who walks with you. And um, I'm going to bring you a little little piece of Royals Conference today. So for all you men, you are very, very privileged. (laughs) Um, But just to bring a bit of foundation of, you know, before we go out, we want to be this great ambassador, you know, for Jesus. We need to know who we are. We need to know where we came from and, and whose we are. If that makes sense. So we're going to go all the way back to the beginning. <laughs> um, right back to to Genesis. But you know what? First of all, I just want to say, who are you? You are a created being made in the image of your creator. That's where it starts. So every single person in this room, you are created. You are an image bearer of God. Genesis 1 verse 27 says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. You know, when we read through Genesis, it talks about how God took the dust of the earth and formed Adam, right? And he gave, he breathed his life into him. So basically from the beginning, we're spirit breathed mud creature given purpose, (laughs) you know? But that's where it started and he created us in his image. May you know what God, what does God say? What does God say about us in the Bible? He says a lot, and we're going to get into it today. But one of the things he says, First um, Peter 2.9, uh, you don't have this, Tasha, sorry, I know this probably isn't too surprising. <laughs> I would throw in an extra, but First Peter 2.9, verse 11. Amazing. 
Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your souls. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. So he says we're aliens and strangers. You know, I know there's a lot of um, identifying words out there right now, but what he means when he says that is that though we live here, we are not of here, you know, and um, and we're not to look exactly the same. You know, are we supposed to go and cause a ruckus just for the sake of it? No, but what what does that mean? That's what we're going to chat about today. But also says as people of God, people made in the image of God, that we are to be united. You know, in the same room today, I bet I could ask a series of questions and hear a variety of opinions on it, right? You know, not we're not, and we're not meant to all be the exact same, that's not it. But you know, we need to do the work of being connected. We need to do the work of saying, okay, what do we agree on? You know, we agree we need to agree on Jesus, but we need to do the work of taking care of each other. It's part of who we are, you know, and it's even finding that unity and diversity, you know, even on even friends in this room, we can have differences of opinion, but then also say, I'll see you next week. And that's the beauty of it. That's challenging and that's healthy, right? I think it's so important for us to, to never park in our whatever box whatever the latest box is that we've decided we've figured out right next thing is is we are impressionable we were we were created that way we were created um, to be impressionable and because of that we also need to be careful and we are influenced a byproduct of being an image bearer is that we need to also remember that's a responsibility to have kingdom influence In 1970, they asked early teenagers what they wanted to be when they grew up. The answers came in. They're pretty simple. They came in policeman, fireman, astronaut, athlete, doctor. Then again, in 2021, they did a similar study. And the number one thing kids wanted to be was, does anybody know? An influencer. Most of you know what that is, don't you? Raise your hand if you are, well, most of us are on some form of social media. Raise your hand if you're not. Right? There's there's always a few. (laughs) And you probably have extra peace of mind. (laughs) But, you know, on social media today, you'll find people who are great influencers. They might have millions of followers. And and some actually make money. Lots don't, but some do. It's amazing, too, because some of the people with the most followers, you can look at their content and think, really? Like, what? (laughs) That's what works? Like, that's what people... Interesting. But there still is this understanding we have that people are influenced, and people, you know, the world has learned to capitalize on that. Back to the 70s again. It was understood that people at that time would, on average, be exposed to three to 500 um, advertising images per day in one way or the other. And now today, that amount is 20,000 times. Yeah, that's incredible. That's mind-boggling, 20,000 pieces of advertising. So we need to be aware of that. We need to be aware that we will be influenced or can be, but also that we will have influence on others. What is influence? Basically, the capacity to have an effect on the character, development, or behavior of someone or something. 
People, things, and events have influence on us just as we also have influence on others. Back to 1 Peter. 1 Peter 2.9 says, For you are chosen people, you are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. And as a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he's called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. I love that. Can we just clap for that verse? Because <laughs> every time... Every time I read it, I'm like, why don't I just have that in front of me all of the time? But, you know, we have a job and we have an identity and we have a purpose. You know, and if you're, if you're new or newer to knowing Jesus, even you know, you can realize that you used to be this, but now you are this. You are this, but you were always created and you are chosen. You know, some of the people in this room today, you, you may not have a high opinion of yourself or maybe you remember what it's like to not have a high opinion of yourself and I just want to take it back just to a simple character a great philosopher no <laughs> but would anybody recognize this man as Forky yeah Forky from Toy Story 4 and before you tune out because you're like what did I come to today just wait we all can relate thank you for this big cup of water <laughs> alright so Forky is a, is this creation okay he's creation created by this little girl named Bonnie on her first day of kindergarten so someone has taken so Bonnie goes to kindergarten it's her first day and she sits down and she has like a whole bucket of craft supplies everyone does and this little boy comes over and he takes the craft supplies and he just goes on his merry way you know totally oblivious but Woody is there and you know Woody's the hero he's got to save the day so he goes and he finds just a bunch of random things and throws them up on the table and she doesn't know the difference because she she was kind of oblivious too but she just goes ahead and she gets to work and she creates Forky then she writes her name with love on the bottom as if to say you are mine isn't that, isn't that so beautiful <laughs> but now we can see that and go yeah I can see there's some parallels there so first of all Forky, Forky's created we were created you know again it's maybe not exact he was created from garbage <laughs> but we were you know, created from the dust of the earth but remember I said that we are we started out like a spirit breathed mud creature well, similar. But Forky has some issues here. So he's created from trash. And the thing is, every time he sees a trash can, Forky tries to go back to it. He tries to jump back. And in fact, you hear him say over and over out loud, I'm trash. I'm trash. And he's just continually trying to wreck himself. Poor Woody's so frustrated. So Woody's trying to constantly tell him, he's saying, no, you're not trash. You were created. Your creator loves you. You have value. You have a purpose in serving your creator. You know, I, I hope you're picking up on the parallels here. But some of us, we think we, we think or we act as though we are trash. You know, we don't see ourselves as image bearers of God, do we? we're doing things often that will lead to the trash can or lead to desolation or isolation or to just being lost 
We continue to make these choices either out of despair or maybe it's even out of pride. We forget that we're image bearers and think of ourselves. You know, we can take on this weird pressure at the same time, but we each remember that one, we're not God, but we're also not trash. We're not God, we're not trash, but we are made in the image of God. Are you following me so far? We know we have this purpose and we can't just run around living our lives however we want or feel and, you know, because what when we do that, it's not just us that pay the price, it's people around us too. You know, for, for Forky, he has Woody and Woody's like tra- constantly just trying to say, no, Forky, that's not the direction we're going or, you know, we're not going to the trash. And in the movie, in the Toy Story, it's all the toys they come around and we're like, no, we're not going in the trash. And, you know, it's, it can be, if you're in a connect group, that's basically why you've got a connect group is so that you have people in your life that say, stop going to the trash can, like stop it, you know, and that's why, it's why we need to do that work of staying connected and you know, but you know, Jesus' influence is so important for this world. You know why? Because it's the only influence that's true. You know, yeah, yeah. The world is telling us lies all the time, and the lies are always super loud, and you know, they're in your face, and they're, and whatever, and I find that the truth is, is often quiet. You know, we, um, Pastor Matt and I took part in in something this week just with um, some different thought leaders and it was very interesting because some were believers and some weren't but the difference between true and nice is you can feel it you can feel it when the Holy Spirit is there and truth is being spoken you know it when it's just nice words it's just nice words it has you know what I mean that's that's not influence that's just popularity you know you know they're listening because that person looks nice but it has no will have no fruit that remains you know why do we need truth though again it's not just lies that are out there it's the lies that we battle against too and what's the way you know to renew our minds with truth and where do we get truth from God's word but again just talking about knowing who we are it also means allowing God to love us so that we can have an understanding of that of who we are we are loved and understanding what our role is and then we can understand how to influence others in ways that are healthy ways that are grounded and ways that are true You know, right from the beginning, being a godly influence is being a part of the purpose of people who follow God. So again, let's go back to to Genesis for a minute. Hope you're still with me. But Genesis chapter 12 now, it says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. And you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families of the earth will be blessed through you. Amen. (laughs) So good. I love that. The Bible says, hey, you're going to be famous. (laughs) So that you can be a blessing. 
And this is the kind of influence we're talking about here today. Matthew 5, verse 13 to 16 says, You are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. That's how I felt the other day when I was listening to something. I felt like there was no salt, for sure. Uh, Verse 14 says, you're the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, it is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. And that's our point too. When we, when we take a minute to check our motives, when we're, um, you know, when maybe we did something nice, but we've let people know about it. What's the motive? It's so that everyone will praise God. But no, it's not always easy. Have you ever tried to be a positive influence to someone and it hasn't gone very well? Or maybe you're like, God, I'm trying. I've been praying. Like, what is going on? You just can't seem to get through to that person that you love so much. You know, it's good to remember, too, just that power of planting a seed. You know, not again, not one of us in here is God. But our responsibility to plant seeds and to go where he sends us is still there. You know, and we got to let God be God. You know, a good friend of mine in the room, she recently said the words to me, you can care but not carry. And I was like, I need to, can you write that down? Can you say that? Like, <laughs> write that down. And I think that's so good because we, we sometimes even in pride, we take on a person as a project. You know, but we're not going to save them. God's going to save them. You know, so just kind of like check yourself. <laughs> Let's keep listening to what, where we're supposed to be. You know, and I find too, there's many things that take time and many things don't happen in the time that we would have scripted out for, for something. But, you know, we just can never just underestimate the power of the smallest seed. You know, the smallest seed can have just exponential impact in the kingdom of God. But, you know, just to give you a visual today, have you heard of the butterfly effect? (laughs) You know, and the butterfly effect, just to give you like a quick little little snippet of kind of where it came from but there's this mathematic professor and you know math isn't necessarily my strong suit but I can still really appreciate this but uh, so he's at MIT in the 60s and he's trying to predict the weather in wartime so he's trying to help the army know when storms are going to occur okay so he's trying out all these different mathematical formulas and he keeps getting tripped up because if he moves even just one little thing one little decimal or point or whatever rounds up one little thing it changes everything and he just gets totally frustrated he just can't he just can't control the weather can <laughs> believe it or not <laughs> but you know so there's just many so many variables that chaos theory starts to enter into the equation. And so basically it's just saying that no matter how much we try to control, there'll always be a bit of chaos. And I feel like that's that's every day, <laughs> everyday life we make our plans, you know. But um, 
the part of it, part of the theory was saying when a butterfly flutters its wings in one part of the world, it can eventually cause a tornado in the other. And if it can be that effective in causing the tornado, it could be equally instrumental in preventing a tornado. So you get where I'm going here. Maybe we are a tiny butterfly and we can just flap a little bit, but it's still worth doing. You know, maybe we're, maybe we know bigger, maybe we're a big butterfly, but we still need little butterflies around us and vice versa. So, you know, not to make a cheesy thing, but we can never underestimate just the power of a tiny step of obedience. And whether we're like, I don't think I have any kind of influence, everything that you do or do not do, say or do not say, has an impact in some way or another. And it's not meant as a condemnation. It's just meant and like, it's all important and God uses it all. I meant to ask you earlier and I didn't. Um, but I wanted to ask the question of how you got here today. And there, I wanted to, I think we can take that in different ways. Maybe you walked, drove, got driven. There's all types of factors. But how did you get to this place today? You know, even for us, we're, we've gotten to a point where we used to have a, a, we used to have stories that we would tell, and we still do, about you know what God's done and how He's brought us different places, and and there is still those pivotal things. But we, I'm already kind of at the point where I'm like, we're here because it was God's will for us to be here. Whatever the story or whatever the box I put it in, it, I know that God planned for us to be here today, and that's all I kind of have to park on. And just go forward from there, right? But I can also think about all the influences in my life. And maybe you can think about that today. Who are the influences in your life that brought you to this place? Whether it's this place in your walk with Jesus or the seat you're sitting in. It's the butterfly effect of people's prayers or people's acts of obedience. Is it not? And I'll just say it, prayer is one of the best parallels. So in the physical realm, chaos theory states that within the apparent randomness of chaotic complex systems, there are underlying patterns of connection, constant feedback, repetition, organization, even in the chaos. You know, there's truth and there's beauty and there's meaning and there's order, but it's also beyond our human control and our understanding and the same is exactly true in the spiritual realm but you know it's those butterfly effects of being led to talk to somebody you know it's that being led to pray or take an extra time to listen or to buy someone lunch or encourage someone you know it's taking part in that outreach or it's giving money towards those campaigns at church all those things right or it's just showing up just showing up driving in the middle of the night like a crazy person save your friend you know it's knowing who we are and being obedient to do our part we don't got to do all the parts knowing that there always be things out of our control but being okay with that because we want God ultimately to be honored and glorified and for all people to know his goodness and to know that they were made in the image of God That's good. Well, you know what? There's also other winged creatures out there besides butterflies that we shouldn't be like. (laughs) You know, and uh, 
Do we have him back there? Yes. You know, it's funny because like somebody posted this week. Um, oh, I think it was Joanna Gaines. <laughs> She had a like a butterfly on her boot, and it was just like this beautiful little peaceful thing. But if you you know if you had a uh, one of those that close to you, it wouldn't be a peaceful little thing. <laughs> no. So this is a Canadian goose, or also known as a cobra chicken, and they're terrible. You know, if you go to Caltus Lake, it's beautiful, but there's also areas where there's lots of poop <laughs> and mean geese. But I think that's the thing. You can be brave until you're not, because they are like, they're not nice. I have not met a nice one, but... Oh, it's so cute. But you know, sometimes in our desire to influence, we can be more like that than like a butterfly, right? We can come at people saying, oh, I just need to tell you about your sin or I just need to tell you that you got this wrong or I just need to tell you. No, we don't just need to, you know, it doesn't draw people towards the kingdom of God, but at least I'm feeling attacked and on the defensive. And as image bearers, we need to be present. We need to be humble enough to get God's message across without doing stuff like that. Ephesians 5, 1, to do, 1 and 2 says, Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. You know, the Bible is saying to live a life filled with love. When we're not loving, we're losing our influence. So again, it's important to know we're always influencing good or bad but we're called to influence people for God. And I'm just going to kind of wrap up this time with just talking about uh, the story of the woman at the well. So there's this Samaritan woman, and she was going to get water at the well in the heat of the day. So, you know, right away you think, why would she go in the heat of the day? Like, why wouldn't she go in the morning or the night? Well, she wasn't allowed to go in the cool of the day because she was a Samaritan. She was from some area, <laughs> some area. Right? We all have some area where we, where we might look down on. But you know, that's the thing. Samaria was a place that was, was avoided because there was dirty people there. Or people they had um, decided were not worthy. So she's there in the heat of the day because she wasn't allowed to be there earlier. But then along comes Jesus. And he takes his time, he says hello, and he asks her to drop a drink of water for him. And this woman is totally surprised. You know, Jesus, he came with the Jews. Jews usually want nothing to do with people like her. And so she says, why are you asking me? And he says, if you only knew who was talking to you, you would have asked me for living water. She says back, that would be great. <laughs> and then Jesus goes on to tell her everything about her life. Basically details that no one would know. But he didn't do it in a cobra chicken way. He took the time and he treated her with respect. And that's the example that we're called to imitate. You know, often though, we find ourselves acting like the disciples. So they come along to find Jesus. And they're totally shocked too. They're shocked that he would be talking to such a person. 
from what I've learned about Jesus, I'm not totally shocked. <laughs> but the woman then, influenced by Jesus, she leaves her water jar there. That's why she came. She leaves it there. She runs back to the village. She tells everyone about Jesus. She was influenced, and now she's an influencer. The whole rest of the village comes out after hearing her experience. So let that just be a reminder to us. Let's not get hung up on, can't talk to that person, can't talk to that person. No, let's flip it. Who's not talking to that person? I'm going to go there. You know, but just like Jesus, love and respect for everyone. And don't lose sight of that. Just those little acts, right? Because Jesus calls you over there. He might be calling you over there to pass a bottle of water. He might be calling you over there to say, I like your shoes. You know, it's not always a lifetime event. You know, it's just, it's walking in obedience to those little things. But those are just ways that we can be part of kingdom influence. And, um... Let's pray. God, I thank you for today, and I thank you for what you're doing just in each person in this room. I thank you that you are so faithful, that you never leave us in our boxes that we create, but that you lead and guide us, God, in real and fresh ways. And I thank you, God, just for all of us, for your grace to grow in the knowledge of you and in the knowledge of who you've called us to be where you've called us to go, who you've called us to talk to. And I just pray, God, as a church, that we would get this, Lord God, that we would just walk forward in confidence and obedience, also gentleness and peace. That we might be a people known for being humble, for being present, for being gracious, for being having speech that's seasoned with salt and full of truth. And to you be 100% of the glory in Jesus' name. Just going to ask you to just keep your eyes closed for a minute. I just want to chat just personally to you. But if you're in the room today and you're like, okay, there's a lot of talk about God and I'm not totally sure where I'm at with him. That's okay. You are very welcome here. But if you're saying today... I know I need Jesus in my life. Then now's your moment. You know, Jesus as the son of God came to earth, lived a sinless life and died a painful death for us, for every mistake that had been made and will be made. He paid a price once and for all so that we could be connected to God the Father, that we could have purpose in this life and hope in the next. So I'm going to give an opportunity right now in this moment just to say a simple prayer and repeating after me, just saying, Jesus, I I choose you today. So we're going to do that together as a church. And, and if you're saying yes to Jesus today, I just ask you to just say it with your whole heart. That's all. That's all I ask. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I confess that you are God. And I believe that you died for me. Jesus, I want a fresh new chapter in my life. I want to be someone that influences for good. And Jesus, I know I've made mistakes. Please forgive me. I choose today to follow you. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen. Just keeping your eyes closed for a second. If that's you today, you're saying yes to Jesus, either coming back to him, to a relationship with him, or a fresh, brand new relationship with Jesus, would you just give me a thumbs up? Awesome. So good. And you know, just straight from the scripture, it says, if even one person is coming back to Jesus or coming to know him, that there is a literal party in heaven. Isn't that awesome? I just want to say welcome to the family. You know, we know when we walk with Jesus that we never walk alone. You know, it's not a fairy tale. Life doesn't become covered in glitter, but we will walk with Jesus, with hope and with truth. We're going to move just towards the end of our service today, but um, we're going to move into a time of worship. And if you go here, you know that we always give it an opportunity for baptism. And what baptism is, is is one of your first um, steps in discipleship, saying yes to Jesus and saying goodbye to the old person. So one way to think of it is even like a funeral for that old part, that the old self, you know, and, you know, we're big on come as you are, but Jesus doesn't want to leave you there. He wants to take you up. He wants to take you forward. So if you're here today and you can think of something you would like to leave in the water that you would like to put in the grave so that you can walk forward, maybe it's anxiety, maybe it's depression. Maybe it's unforgiveness. Maybe it's healing in your body that you need. As we worship, you are welcome to come on up. And Pastor Matt and I would love to baptize you this morning. And if you are sitting in your seats, I just ask you to worship with your whole heart or come on down and and join us at the front to worship as well. Let's do this. Thank you for tuning in today. And thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.